how to monetize as content creators. A while back, I think this was about a couple of weeks ago, uh, Braylon and I were talking on just somewhere in the Twitterverse about monetizing on Instagram. And we kind of thought that this would be a really great subject to kind of do it in public so other people can learn from it. It just, it's a win-win for everybody here. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, so my name is Braylon. I'm known as Fluffy Monkey around the web. I am a Twitch streamer, TikToker, I have an Instagram. Um, I love Twitter. So the only thing pretty much I don't do is YouTube. <laughs> I have a mental health focus as well as a Sims 4 focus in my content. So I kind of do various things on different platforms, but at the core, I'm kind of a mental focus, mental health focused simmer. <laughs> yeah, we actually, um, we met on Clubhouse, right? All those times ago. So it's actually pretty yes. fitting that we're doing a spaces <laughs> now. It's so funny. Yeah, that we did meet on Clubhouse. Yep. And as for me, uh, my name is Peter. I'm, I'm a realistic <laughs> optimist that helps content creators grow. That's kind of my mission. That's everything that I do right now. Part of the reason why this is a particular topic of the space. So thank you everybody for joining. Let's start off with why is monetization important? For me, the way I think about it is that it's important because it helps creators make a full-time living doing what they love, right? You can create content on the side, but then you either have to have a full-time job and then that means you can't put all of your heart and 100% into making the things that you like. And I know some people have a hard time either figuring out how to do it or even liking the idea of making money off of something that they would once consider their hobby, you know. And I think it's also just a great way to fund your content and other creative projects that you might want to do. What is your take on this? I totally agree with you um, on all of that. I think if you are Wanting it to be more than a hobby, monetization is necessary um, for you to eventually leave, you know, whatever job that you currently have. Um, the position that I'm in is kind of unique. I work about 30 to 35 hours a week at a job that's very like low key. Um, I run a co-working space in real life, so and it's a pretty small one. So it's um I have a lot of downtime. I can make content throughout the day, which is very nice, but I I sort of have my toes dipped in both worlds. I have like a little bit of monetization and then my real job. So it kind of just like together is more of a supplemental salary, I guess you could say. Oh, that's very cool. We're going to touch on that later about like balancing. If you have a, like a job and then you want to create, like how do you balance those two and then the transition to becoming full-time, right? And I'm sure that's something that you may be looking into. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's for sure on my mind. When did you start monetizing? The first thing that I got monetized on was actually Twitch. Um, and I think that that helped me realize that like, this could be more than a hobby. And like, all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, like, I can make money It kind of like flipped the switch for me. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I, um, the next platform I was monetized on was actually TikTok. I started making TikToks when Animal Crossing came out. And I made like, how to breed certain flower videos. Um, and I got my, the 10,000 follower requ requirement pretty quickly from that. So that was actually my next platform. Granted, TikTok monetization is very, very <laughs> little. It's a very small amount. It's nice, but you know, it's nothing to, to brag about. Um, I make like $30 a month maybe. So, And then after that, Instagram released bonuses, which the first one that I got was a, a live bonus. So they said, basically, you have a month and a half. You have to do three live videos. For the first two, as long as they're 30 minutes, we'll give you 150 bucks. For the second one, you have to go live with somebody else for 30 minutes um, and we'll give you $250. So I did that because I was like, 
why wouldn't you? Like I wasn't mm-hmm. doing live videos at the time and uh, I had in the past, but I was like, all right, I guess I'll plan some live video content. And then after that, they released reels bonuses, which is where they just pay you a certain amount of money per month based on the amount of views that you get from your reels. And that's been my highest payout content wise per month, which has just been phenomenal. And it's, it's, like I was telling you earlier, it's like passive income almost because I just re-upload my TikToks to Instagram um, and I always sort of have like a bank of videos to choose from. So it's a really low effort thing that is, for whatever reason, um, Meta is just paying creators so much money just to post videos. <laughs> oh man, there was a lot of things to to kind of talk about. I think I think the first is platforms usually love to throw money at new features that they're developing right? So creators have more of an incentive to use it. And so when TikTok started becoming more of a, I I guess you could say threat, you know, to some platforms, they're like, oh, no, we got to hop on this too, because short form content is kind of really, really big. And so that's why we had the streaming wars like two years ago. And now we have the short form content wars. Uh Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I, and I also think Meta right now, and when we when we say Meta, we're, we're talking about Facebook, or at least it used to be called Facebook. Facebook gaming is actually doing a lot too in terms of like discoverability for their creators and they have their own funds and helping creators make quite a lot of revenue from there, a lot easier than Twitch. So oh. I think they really have the gaming slash content creator space like like at the forefront of their minds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when they released an announcement that said um, Instagram specifically, or I think it was actually all of Meta that said, we have like, you know, a billion dollars or something we're going to be funneling into creators. And I was like, I have no idea what that means, but I'm very excited for that. And now I do know what that means. And I love it. So (laughs) yeah, did you have a specific requirement that they told you bef- that you had to like have before you um they gave you the option to go live like x amount of times for uh this amount of money no and when i got that bonus um i had around like seven thousand instagram followers so like a decent size but not like a massive account um and i have quite a few friends that have the reels bonus as well and their accounts vary in size from 1000 to 150000 a few of them are at different levels obviously and like what they are able to be paid out as far as i know i've scoured the internet to find instagram's requirements there is no minimum follower requirement at least for the instagram ones oh wow okay so it, it seems like even someone like you know, in the grand scheme of things, right? I don't mean to, I don't mean this to come off as like the wrong way or anything like that. But no, you're in, fine. in our world, like we're small creators, you know? Yeah, yeah, so we are. Even small creators are able to to monetize pretty well and, and start, you know, that transition, right? To full time, yeah. because the money that you were making when we were talking about it before the spaces start was actually pretty significant or like could even be equal to um, what a lot of affiliates are making per month on Twitch. Yeah. And that's much more than I make on Twitch per month, (laughs) you know? So uh, my Instagram bonus payouts are past couple of months have been like $350 or $400 per month. And I make maybe like $150 a month on Twitch, averaging Mm -hmm. around 20 viewers. So, and that took a lot of work to get there. That was a long, you know, one and a half year long journey to get to that point on Twitch. So it's, it's, if I was just starting off now, I would do TikTok in combination with Instagram and I would do Twitch just I wouldn't go as hard as I did because it was exhausting. <laughs> there, There's a concept called like a thousand true fans. And yeah. so 
I I think like you're true fans, right? You're like your ride or die people, the people who are mm-hmm. like always there for you. You're um, you know, really ingrained community members because they could just chill there and they will dedicate like hours to just spend with you, um, yeah. during your live streams and for you know putting out content, whether that's informational or educational, um, or entertainment or inspirational, like that can go on short form really easily because you could switch between those four categories just depending on what your type of content is while still keeping within your, your niche. So like for you, you stream, I say, uh, I, w- I would call them like very cozy games. Right? <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of just chatting as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mostly chatting. But I have been playing Sims again as well. It's been pretty fun. Is there like a new update or is there just kind of like a new project that you want to work on, like a new house or... It's actually sort of a content strategy, if you will. Sims has a very large community on every social platform, and they are very obsessed with the game, I should say. So it's easy. It's sort of like an easy niche to grow within because there's a huge audience. Um, And so I'm sort of testing it out as a tactic to see if it'll help me grow my Twitch any, um, because the, the audience for that is a bit larger than I think what I'm currently doing. So... I'm sort of doing a little experiment. <laughs> would you consider it large in the in like a grand sense, or would you more consider it um like dedicated or like very engaged audience? I'd say both. There are like 20 million worldwide players of The Sims, even still to this day. Oh, and really? Like, a lot of them have played for like myself. You know, almost our whole lives. I started playing when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this massive generation, and then it's constantly just like onboarding new players as well um so i i think it's like large in the grand scheme of things for sure but it also is people are like it combines like nostalgia and obsession so it's something that people are like very dedicated to almost like to a fault (laughs) that's actually really interesting because you wouldn't well me i live in like the esports competitive gaming world right so i i only see the games that i see in my world and I never thought that Sims was as big as it is. Um, and I think like there's there's a like a bias, right? Because how some people check Twitch and they equate um, the Twitch viewership numbers for a specific game to whether it's a quote unquote dead game or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that Sims Four, uh, if you look, it's like probably not in the top ten. You know, you would you would get no. Like, yeah. The, I don't think so. The more competitive games. So you wouldn't really think. And would you say the Sims um, community exists kind of more? Actually, no. Yeah. Where where would you say they, they exist mostly? Are, are they like on Reddit, Instagram? I would say it depends on like how old of Simmers, um, like what, what generation, because I think they're everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But like your Gen Z and like even like your, your 12 and 13 year olds, you know, like they're on TikTok and YouTube. Um, the older ones of us are on Twitch and we are on Twitter. It's I think I think they're everywhere. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. So for everybody listening, the reason why I asked this is because I think many people don't want to only just play the mainstream games, you know, like the League of Legends or the Valorants or stuff like that. Sometimes they have games that they really, really love and they feel like I can't play this because I'm not going to be able to make money. But don't just look at the Twitch viewership because that can that's just like one piece of the puzzle. Right. Yeah. A very small piece. mm -hmm. So like how we can learn from The Sims, like a community can exist well, they exist on the internet and on the internet, there's a lot of different places you can go. There yeah. definitely is. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It sort of reminds me of how um, 
content creators might have like 1.2 million followers on TikTok and then you go to their Twitter and they've got like 325. <laughs> it's just like depending on where you show up, you know. And I think the way you started monetizing and making money off of your content is a great way to start because there are some creators um, or some people who think like, oh yeah, I'll just go ahead and start a Patreon like right off the bat or start doing a lot of call to actions and ask for subs, ask for donations. And I think there's like two ways to monetize, right? Um, in my mind that I've created. So one is like the passive way of monetizing off of the platforms and advertisers. And the other one is monetizing your audience. I think the place where people usually go wrong is when they try to monetize their audience too early and it feels very disingenuous. And it's like, oh, so I'm just here so you can make money off of me and you don't really care about the community or, you know, um, us as people, right? Instead of trying to let the platform, um, uh, what do you call it, fund you for, for a little bit. Totally. I couldn't agree more. So I think it gives just like a little bit of a bad taste. Like people are not going to want to trust you if you come right out the gate, you know, trying to sell people stuff and um, yeah, it's, it's something I waited a really long time to do. I still don't really monetize my audience that much outside of Twitch, I'd say. Um, but it's something I am working on, but I've been doing this for like three and a half years now. So it's definitely something like I've been working on the community first, um, aspect of it and then slowly figuring out how to monetize the audience. I think for something like Patreon, so this is like the only way I, I feel like early monetizing of your audience like is, I guess you could say fair or, or done in a way where your audience wouldn't mind as much. So we all know um, that Twitch streamers, when you stream and you're able to finally get subs as an affiliate or as a partner, um, the subs are actually cut by, by half. 50% goes to Twitch, 50% goes to you, which I think for people who do sub to a person would like more of their money to go towards the person that they're trying to support rather than the platform, right? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna try this thing out, and I I want to ask more creators to try this out too. Is that um, if they are okay with it, create a Patreon and be like, hey, there's a five dollar tier on Patreon. If you guys really want to support me financially, so I could keep this thing going and I could keep on innovating content or buy new gear, whatever the goal is to to keep the you know the content train going, um, you can you know sub to me on Patreon instead of Twitch. So unfortunately, you don't get the like the the channel benefits like uh, what do you call it, the badges or the emotes. But then there no are ad free viewing. <laughs> no ad free viewing, that too. And there's things like better twitch.tv, which you can add your own emotes onto there. Uh, so there are third party things that you can do. It's a little bit of an extra step, but then it does, I think, help with getting more of that money to to support um, you know, this as a hobby or the transition to full time. I definitely agree. Um I'm really excited because Instagram is actually releasing their own subscription service soon. They're currently oh. beta testing it with like big creators where you will be able to set the dollar amount like one, two, three, five dollars a month. People mm -hmm. can sub to you and then they'll get subscriber only content that you can just upload through the app to Instagram and label it as like this is for my subs only. So Everyone's I'm like doing that. really, really, really excited for that because since it's integrated with Instagram, instead of them having to go to a different platform, because we all know how difficult it is to get people to like platform hop, sign up mm -hmm. for Patreon, right within Instagram. And I will definitely be utilizing that the second that they give it to me. <laughs> cross <It's>, your fingers. <laughs> yeah, crossing fingers for sure. Did they tell you what the split was? 
No. No. Okay, I have so not, hopefully I have it's a fair split. Yet. Yeah. I mean, even if it was 50%, I would still do it. I would still utilize it. I might just set it to $3 instead of one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that feature. That's true. I guess not everyone is going to hop over and more people prefer to, you know, people watch how they want to watch, right? So some people prefer yeah. longer form uh, Twitch content and other people just prefer um, consuming on shorter form platforms like TikTok and Instagram. So yeah, I think I think it'd be a good way. And do you, you know about Twitter, how they're doing super follows too? Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly the it's exactly the same thing. And I wonder if this is gonna be the future for creators to do platform style monetization. Um yeah. and just like keep their because every platform wants to keep their users on that platform for as long as totally. possible. Right? Yep. Yeah. I would if TikTok did it, I think it would be game over. And I mean it makes the the platform money. Like they're mm -hmm. taking a cut of some sort. So it, it kind of seems like why wouldn't they at the end of the day? Yeah. TikTok is doing so well. It's it's insane how far they come from being um from changing people's minds from like, oh, this is just for kids to like now everyone's using it. Yeah. Literally everybody. You all ages and people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And TikTok Live now too is dominating the IRL um live space. Yeah. It is it is wild what that can do for your account too. I have a few friends who um have pretty hefty like half a million followers on TikTok and the amount that they have been able to grow their Twitch because they do TikTok lives like before they go live on Twitch. It, I've seen people hitting partner in 4 months, people hitting partner in 6 months and it is solely because of their TikTok and I think it's phenomenal. Like the the discoverability is not there on Twitch, but it's just waiting for you to grab it on TikTok. Like it's like here you go. Do they do they get like um I I forgot what it's called because I haven't used live yet on TikTok, but like the diamonds and the flowers and the oh, rockets. Yeah. Like do they get that yep. too before they go on Twitch? Um yeah, people are like giving them gifts, giving doing lives. Like you can like give roses. There's all kinds of things you can do. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, when you go live on TikTok, there's like these um specific things, like I said, like rockets, diamonds, roses. Uh, there's probably a couple of more, and those equate to like a specific amount of like real life money. Kind of like a bit. It's like a bit. Yeah. 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 It's like a bit. Um. So that that is also like another way to monetize. Which, by the way, I want to bring this up. Like, I have um. Do you know Ludwig? I like know of him. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I watch his content on YouTube and sometimes he, um, you know, he, he, he reports on things that he sees and he's, he was calling out a couple of, um, TikTokers who do really odd live content to farm those, um, let, let's call them TikTok bits for, for the sake of the conversation. Oh yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. I actually just saw one the other day that was basically like a thermal printer setup. Uh -huh. And if you followed, it would print your username. So it's just like constantly printing. If you like gave a gift, it would print your profile photo. And there was like something else. If you did, it would like print a meme. So it, like people are just gifting it. It's live. And it's just a, a live video just showing this printer, like printing people's usernames and printing people's profile photos. Like it's wow. the weirdest thing to me, but that's totally <laughs> what they're doing. They're just, I mean, like there were people talking in the background, like there mm -hmm. was somebody talking over it, but still it was, I was like, why, 
why is this on TikTok? I don't know. It was very strange. I know. I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And there are other people. So I think that's actually kind of creative, right? There are other people it is. <laughs> who are just like, they, they say this one word, like um, they, the, the challenge is to say this one word a billion times, but then, but then they, they, and then the, the way I don't like that they go about this is that it feels very like, I, I'm going to say it's like scummy because they're yeah. like, they're like saying like, um, you know, like phone, 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 phone. And they're like, oh, no, 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 please, please. I'm so close. Please don't. And then like if they if they if they buy a gift, like a specific gift, then it resets the counter. And they're like, oh, no, like, you know, yeah. And, and they're like, phone, 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 phone. No, please, please, please don't. Like and then they're kind of, you know, whatever. Right. To try, to get yes. a reaction out of them. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not fun. You know, no, like <laughs> it's it definitely is scummy. And I feel bad because I feel like a lot of people that engage with that content are like under 18. Yeah, um. <laughs> it feels very um like like um I, I want to say like a, not abusive, but it, it's taking advantage. It's manipulative. Manipulative. It's manipulative. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is a little. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. All right. So we talked about TikTok a little bit. We talked about Instagram a little bit um as like platforms that can you know help you monetize as a creator obviously we all know youtube is a really good option too have you tried shorts at all i have uploaded like maybe five mm -hmm. and they've all gotten like 10 views but that was another thing that i was just thinking of this week um to to try out and just see how it goes because i have a lot of videos i could be uploading on there yeah, a person that I watched by the name of Devin Nash. He's um he actually owns his own creator agency, and he used to be the CEO of uh, an esports team called CLG. So he's like very knowledgeable within the space, and he's a huge data guy. Um, and one of the things that he talks about is like content syndication, uh, where you kind of just take one piece of content and you spread it across like as many platforms as possible. I actually used to think that was a bad thing because I was like, everybody has a different preference or a different mindset when they're on each platform. But it, but this was like very 2017 way of thinking. And I think that was true in 2017. But nowadays, everybody's on every platform and they're all almost watching the same thing, right? People uh -huh. are just sharing content across all platforms. So I don't think people mind anymore seeing the same type of content no matter if they're on facebook if they're on instagram if they're on youtube or tiktok it's just they're there for the entertainment and yep. a another worry for some creators is like oh what happens if like i annoy my followers because like they see multiple um the same content multiple times on they're just gonna skip they it. won't they yeah, won't they, they either won't or, or they're just gonna skip it yeah the chances of them seeing it twice are like so slim i feel i i call that double dipping and I actually owe um, a woman that works in my co-working space. She was like a social media manager. When I just got into content, she was like, double dip everything. Post one thing on every platform. And, she, and I was like, okay, like, all right. I didn't know anything. So I just started doing that. And um, I feel like the people who watch TikToks, like I'm an avid TikToker. I do not watch Instagram reels. It is like Walmart TikTok to me. <laughs> and I feel like the people that watch the people that watch Instagram reels are like, I do not watch TikTok. Like, TikTok is gross and it's weird. And I also feel like the people that watch YouTube are like so devoted to YouTube that they watch shorts there and they're not watching them on Instagram or TikTok either. So to mm -hmm. me, it's like you're making the if you're doing short form video, which if you're not, you're like truly missing out right now because it's just the key to everything. Um, you can just post your videos on three different platforms. Boom, boom, boom. Easy peasy. 
Yeah. I'm saying that as I don't post on YouTube shorts, but, but you're um, thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And I love Instagram, especially for double dipping because you can post any kind of content on there. You can do short, short form video. You can do photos. You can do long form video. You can write a freaking blog post in your caption. If you want, um, you can do live content on there. So it's like the perfect platform to just dump everything else that you do on the internet, I think, and just let it sit there and let it grow slowly over time. Mm -hmm. Cause every, every single one of these platforms are now having short form creator funds. Um, yep. and so if they, and because like I said, this is a trend, a, a meta right now in the content space that a lot of platforms want to utilize to get as many eyeballs or as many users on their platforms as possible, then they're going to throw money at the creators to incentivize them to do so, you know? Yeah. And I think Twitter is going to be hopping on this train very soon with, um, you know, with different options to keep people on the platform. So spaces is one thing. They hopped on the clubhouse train. Um, they're starting to disincentivize, disincentivize? Yeah. Um, links. So now people are more incentivized to post um, videos natively on the platform too. You know, and I think something that's really powerful that I think some creators are sleeping on, on, on Twitter is, is the retweet feature. You know, when you try to share something on Instagram or TikTok, right? Or even YouTube, it's usually always a link that you, that you share to someone's DMs. Like there's no way to repost that onto your feed. And Twitter is the only place that does that. So if they press retweet once, it's not even like, there's not even many steps to it. They just press it once and like it gets shared. So there is potential there to, to grow a lot. And I've tried that with some of my educational content. You might've seen the videos that I retweet and they get, they get pretty good traction, you know, especially if you have like a larger audience, it might be another way to, um, to, to kind of grow your brand that way. And if you want to bring them to maybe Twitch or bring them to like a specific other platform, that might be an option for you. But I have a feeling that Twitter might want to monetize this part soon anyways. Yeah. TikTok actually just released a repost feature as well. It's only available for like some creators I've noticed. Like I can't repost every video that I see, mm -hmm. but for bigger creators, I can actually just tap a button, hit repost. I can like write a little caption if I want, like emojis or like a reaction or something. Um, and I see them all the time on my feed, like by my friends, videos that have been reposted. So I think that's pretty cool. They're, they're doing a lot for discoverability. Yeah. I think the main point right now is just like keep an eye out for what um, each platform is pushing and then jump on that because the money will be there. That's what I've done with Instagram. Every single time they release a new feature, I just start using the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about different revenue streams, I, I know some of the other ways people can monetize is by creating merchandise, creating apparel. Um, if you're more of an education based or actually not even, but you could go the educational route with content that normally isn't so educational. So for example, fighting game players, they can offer coaching services. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if this is against like, t uh, like Sims TOS, but I don't know if. There are creators that kind of release their own build guides or packs. I don't know how Sims works, so I apologize. Oh, but... yeah. No, there is custom content and like mod creators. Like there's all kinds of um, monetization within Sims for people paying for outside content that was made by individuals. Right. So if you're a content creator that has mod packs, then that's another great way to kind of integrate the advertising of your mod packs. It's, it's pretty much like... um. In movies, what do they call them? In movies and TV shows? 
product placement product placements yeah you do product placements of your own product within your content and then that's like a double whammy right like you said double double dipping in a sense you get yeah. the monetization from the content that you make but also it's a great way to let your followers know that you have this product that they might find useful and they might actually want and then you monetize that way too yeah it's definitely a good way to do it for sure i yeah. found like merch i think is a hard one it's definitely something that's fun and i think like helps community I've been on a long merch journey to like find a company that I like that's not too expensive. And every time I would, I had really small profit margins. So I'd be making like a dollar or two per sale. So I've, I've held off on that and I more am thinking of it to be like a, a way to just like add more a sense of community among my online communities, you know, cause people will be like, I'm wearing the shirt. And I think it just adds a kind of camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it's a great, you know, moneymaker unless, you know, my followings, I have like around 20,000 on TikTok. If you had like half a million on TikTok and you'd be able to like sell out something, I, you know, there's, there's potential there, but I think as a smaller creator, it's more of a community resource than it is a moneymaker. Yeah. Um, can you, for people who might not know, can you explain what a profit margin is? Actually, I'm going to remind me to talk about like how people need to learn about business after you're done because. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So profit margin would basically be like, I'm paying a company to make the shirt for me. Let's say it, it costs $25. I'm going to sell the shirt for $27. I make two bucks. That's my profit margin. So not, not the greatest I found <laughs> with merch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless like, cause I don't want to be mean and like sell stuff for really high, you know, prices. Like I want people to be able to afford it. I have a lot of under 18 in my community, so it wouldn't be fair of me to like, be like, Hey, there's this shirt and I'm selling it for $45. Like you could do that and it may work, but that's just not something I want to do personally. I feel you. I, I think, um, so let me think. I'm just trying to figure out a way to structure this so we do not go all over the place because that's kind of like my specialty. <laughs> oh, yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, okay, so one way I, I thought about it is you could, and I um, there's this, there is this YouTube channel, this brand that I follow um, called Yes Theory. Have you heard of them? I feel like I've heard of them, but I am not super familiar. Okay. So Yes Theory is a YouTube channel that basically does a lot of like life challenges, right? One of their most recent videos I watch is they um, drop their two friends off at the airport and they're like, you can't leave this airport until you can find someone to buy a ticket um, for you to go to the exact place that they're going. And usually they're like, oh, can I like go on the adventure with like, so someone went to Hawaii and they're like, can, can I just like hang out with you in Hawaii? And someone actually bought a ticket for them to go to Hawaii with them. So it's like doing a lot of uncomfortable things, but kind of experiencing life in that way. You know, sometimes yeah, they would go that. to, um, another episode that was really cool was they went to Iraq, you know, and usually people thought, I think it's like a very dangerous place, but they actually went to go um, show their viewers that like the culture of that place and how beautiful it is, like the people and the food and everything. So it's really cool. And their tagline is called Seek Discomfort. And I love that. Right. And, and, and I resonate with that a lot. And so they have the merch line called Seek Discomfort. And um, normally you could, you know, for the high quality stuff that they that they sell, it's you know it's gonna be like forty five dollars for a hoodie, right? Which is for some people pretty expensive. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, I one for for me it means a lot more to me 
um, repping that that idea of seek discomfort, yeah. right? Like that's yep. a lifestyle. Um, but then also they have these things where like you could sign up to be part of their like inner circle, if you will, or like a closer knit part of the community. And so you're able to get the drops before they officially publicly drop. And you also get a discount too, for being a part of that community. Um, that is so smart. That is, yeah. that is genius. Yeah. So I That's, think it's I, a, Oh no, sorry. Sorry. Go, go. I was going to say like working with FOMO, any amount of like, you know, fear of missing out that you can add, like that's, a, that's really smart from like a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a way to kind of like reward your, your, you know, your tighter knit community by giving them discounts. Um, like I was able to get the $45 hoodie for like 25 bucks, I think. So that's, oh, wow. that's like, a steep discount. Yeah. It's like pretty nice. Um, and then for everybody else who just casually follows them and still likes them, but then doesn't want to like be a part of that greater, you know, that, that inner community, like, yeah, they don't mind like paying the 45 because there are some people who actually do have the money and it doesn't feel as bad, you know? Yeah, totally. So that's a, that's a really smart idea. Yeah. And I guess this transitions very well into like learning about business. You know, I yeah. think as a creator, if you want to go full time with this, you are essentially an entrepreneur. Um, that unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that wears many, many hats, right? Yeah, yeah. I I have an interesting background with that because my parents started a software company in um, their garage when I was 12. So I grew up with two entrepreneur parents who like worked two jobs while they were starting this business, built it up from the ground up. So just having that in my life, like I went to business conferences when I was like 14 years old and like manned the booth for my parents. And just being in that atmosphere, I think sort of gave me this entrepreneurial um, mindset, I guess you could say. Um, but then in addition, I worked um, for a co-working space all through college. I now own and manage a co-working space myself. Um, and that's filled with entrepreneurs. So throughout my years, I've just had amazing opportunities to network with people and learn from people. Um, and just like, see, I learned great from watching other people's experiences. Like I'm not a, like, I need to do it myself person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I can see you do that. And I'm like, all right, I maybe won't try that. Um, so just like being around entrepreneurs for the last, like basically half of my life, um, I think just kind of set me up for a, a better position in this content creation world because it is like entrepreneurship some days you just want to cry some days it's awful and you just have to pick yourself back up get back on the horse and keep chugging along and i think that's like the the true spirit of entrepreneurship is just you know it's you there's nobody else coming to help and you just have to keep going forward until you find success and if you if you always get back on the horse you you will find success i always tell people the secret to twitch <laughs> or any content creation just don't quit. Just don't quit. Just keep going. Keep trying your best. Learn new things. You know, yeah. It's it's a long game. It is. It is. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard on social media because you don't often see the hard work. You just see the celebrations. You just see the I got Twitch partner and like the viral videos. You don't see all the sweat, blood and tears that, you know, you're crying by yourself at your desk because you're overworked and you have a deadline or, you know, there's there's a lot behind the scenes that you just don't see online. Yeah, it's it's very, I think, indicative of how people who aspire to be content creators 
um, think. And I and I think that might actually work against them, right? Because they see other creators do it big and they feel like, oh yeah, I could just sit there and do what they do. It's very easy. I could sit there and play games. and But then like there's just so much work and planning in the background that you don't see or even, even um, work on like yourself, you know, whether yeah. it's from a mental health perspective, um, whether it's from developing your, your entertainment skills, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's like, so when I watch Ludwig's content, he has a background, he's a theater kid, right? Yeah. Makes sense. And he, he did improv in college and I'm like, and so when I watch his content, I'm like taking note of it. I'm like, oh yeah, this definitely like, I, I could see how he can, um, crowd control or like control the emotions or, or like the, the room, right. So easily and take yeah. anything that may be negative or anything that may be super mundane and turn it into something very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, there's so many skills that come into play and I love that you bring like a personal development um, into it because that's such an important part of content creation, I think, is really like you have to examine yourself a lot. And if you're not like working to be better, um, I don't know, I just feel like that's such a huge piece of being a content creator is looking at yourself and saying, how can I, how can I be a better version of myself? Yeah. And some people may be thinking, you know, we're, we're, you know, the, the title of this talk is like how to, how to monetize. And you're like, okay, so how does this help me monetize? Right. I think, one the the more val like monetization or let's just call it like money right um mm-hmm. the way the way money is the way money circulates is basically an exchange of value like that's yeah. kind of business 101 right i pay you 45 dollars for a hoodie because i see more value in the hoodie than i do this 45 dollars like that's yeah. it back in the day mm-hmm. before money existed we would just barter right? A yeah. hoodie for a shoe, <laughs> something like that. It's just an exchange of value. And so the more valuable you can make yourself, um, which means the more valuable you can create, um, that you can make your content and that whether, you know, the person at the end is a platform looking to get more users on there, or whether it's for a, um, for a viewer who is looking f- to solve a problem, Right. And a problem doesn't have to be big. It could just be like, I just I just want a community or I want to find people that um, have similar values and interests as I do, like Sims or mental health. Like that's very important to them, too. And that's a problem to, to solve, you know, yeah. giving a space for people to exist and, and be proud of. Yeah, I I always say that when people are talking about, like, how do I grow my discord? Like, I really want my community to be like tight knit and um. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. We were talking about monetizing. Oh, you have to like give people a reason to want to stick around is what I tell them. Like, what problem are you solving in their life? Like, why should they hang out in your community? Um, And for me, that's things like we help people with their mental health. We have spaces for people to like get things off their chest. And at the end of the day, like people, because we are a super vulnerable server, people end up making really close friendships because everybody's being so vulnerable and just kind of putting all their dirty laundry out to air. Um, And so it kind of works the same way with content. Like, why do people want to watch your stuff? Why are they pulled to engage with it? And thinking about those kinds of questions frequently, um, I think can really help you kind of to get to that point. Mm hmm. On the on the other more more tactical end, you have to also consider time as 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 like almost like money, except yeah. more valuable, right? Because uh-huh. you can't get any of that back. And so the yeah. time that you put in 
to to improve yourself is technically an investment in in your content business. Right? Yeah, and you in yourself. Yeah, and and it's like you know people don't think about like for me, I have probably spent at this point like over like eight thousand dollars at least on like courses, right? And some oh, people, wow. and so like. I mean, I went to college and stuff like that, but that these courses that I brought were way more valuable to me than what I learned in college, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it's taught me, like, how to be, like, I I paid, um, I forgot how much he, he charged for, I think it was like $600. Casey Neistat had a course um, on how to do storytelling and, and, and vlogging in his style. And that oh. taught me a lot. And I got to see behind the scenes, you know, that's something that I could either, one, spend hours watching his content and trying to dissect it and i may not even get what i want to get out of it or i could just have him himself show me what is actually going on in his brain how he approaches it all the behind the scenes that saves me time so i might spend money for time but later that allows me to you know create my content make it better and then that being more monetizable down the line so i can make it back so it's it's literally an investment yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I love that. I'm I'm a learn it yourself person, but I feel like I should maybe take some courses. You, you've inspired me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even like on the cheaper end, right? And it's not even like cheaper is less valuable, but like Skillshare. Um, and and this is where now I wish I was sponsored by Skillshare so I could do the plug, but I'm not. Um, but but Skillshare is like a pretty cheap monthly option for people to go on there and learn things like how to video edit. Or how to, um, you know, do YouTube from really big YouTubers like Thomas Franken, Marquez, Brownlee, MKBHD, you know, and see things from their perspective and be like, oh, yeah, what can I take away from this? Um, copywriting is also super important, too, if you want to learn like marketing or if you want to. Well, yeah, basically marketing, right? Like how to write headlines, how to write content or script writing, too, because if you're more of a VOD person rather than a live person, you got to learn that, too. There's there's so many things to learn that that can bring you returns as a creator, but then knowing how to balance like what to spend and how much money that will, you know, basically now we're just talking ROIs, but <laughs> how much money you're going to spend and how much money and how you can turn that into something that can bring you more money down the line is like a super important way to think about things. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think sometimes people just think about putting in the work and only like the head down doing the work all the time without taking a step back to reevaluate what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, definitely. I think if you're going to be a content creator, you need to have like other content creator buddies in some type of community um, that you can just talk to about all of this stuff because it's learning and like knowing what other people are experiencing it I feel like content creation makes you feel like everything that is happening to you is like only happening to you because numbers are so inconsistent like it is a freaking up and down journey of like yay I'm doing great and no I'm doing terrible so having other people that can be like oh I'm going through the same thing and just like share advice I think is the biggest helper um when it comes to content creation yeah um what like, I think, yeah, we talked about this a little bit before we started this as well. Having that community of people and, and knowing about how to, like, speak to sponsors or what's, like, a fair deal. Can you can you speak a little bit more on that? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, reaching out to brands is something that I think everyone should be doing, even if you have like a quote unquote small following. Um, because there are always going to be brands that have like lower budgets that can't afford the super big creators. Um, what I recommend is making yourself a media kit first and do not include your prices on that media kit. Just have some type of small one sheet graphic that has like your last 30 days of social metrics on your platforms. Um, and what I do is either you can go on LinkedIn and find emails, but a lot of the times, um, just reach out in the DMS and say, Hey, like, is there an influencer email that I can like send my media kit over to, or even just send it to them right in the DMS. Um, a lot of times companies will want you to have previous work with other companies, which is kind of frustrating if you're just getting started. Cause they'll be like, Oh, can I see your past brand work? And you're like, ah, I don't have any, um, <laughs> But a lot, a lot, a lot of companies will do um, gifted, gifted like exchanges. So if you want to get started, that's kind of an easier way to get started and saying, instead of saying, hey, pay me, say, hey, like, I would love to like get some products for free and then make a video about it because that can kind of get your foot in the door for then saying, hey, well, I did work with Logitech or I did work with Target or because there's these big brands that are. Um, paying influencers or sometimes just choosing to send them really nice gift boxes. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a more of like shoot your shot as often as you can. I try to reach out to like five or 10 brands a week. Um, I just got started doing sponsorship and stuff like that. Um, but it, it kind of feels like from what I've learned from friends and stuff is that it's a little bit of like a snowball experience. Like once it starts happening, it kind of will continue to happen more and more. So it's just a matter of like getting started, feeling comfortable reaching out to brands, um, and then just doing that a lot, like <laughs> DM a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the snowball effect, a big part of it is just developing trust with people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they see like, if they see, you know, hey, you worked with a big brand, they're going to feel way more comfortable working with you versus like myself right now. It's like, well, I haven't done any paid promotions or sponsorships yet. So but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, what what you said too about like maybe asking for something else other than money, it just speaks back to what we were talking about earlier, bartering value instead of yeah. just money. Um, and that could be a great way to get you started too. Yeah, especially if you actually like need some gear, like if your keyboard broke, like reach out to like 10 different companies that make keyboards. And you know, like it's just about utilizing, um, you know, what's there, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think the fact that you have a community of people, of creators and friends who are creators is really important too, because sometimes, um, you know, businesses are businesses, right? So at the end of the day, I, I can't fault them for this. They're going to want to try to save money, right? Yeah. And sometimes if they see your numbers, they might want to lowball you a little bit. And, or if they think that you're new, they might want to lowball you a little bit thinking um, that you're, you're too ignorant to know what the actual market price is for uh, the amount of following, the amount of engagement and stuff like that. So being able to compare and being transparent with like how much, um, you know, if it's like in the contract that you can't say anything, then of course you can't. But being transparent with like your other creator friends really helps you find that leverage to make sure you don't get uh, screwed over. Oh, totally. Yeah. Especially because a lot of times brands will work with creators in the same niche. So they might have like three or four people that are all currently getting a deal from one company and they can kind of be like, what did they offer you? What did they offer you? Like, what are you negotiating for? Like, what's your deal? So I feel like that's extremely valuable to be able to kind of know the behind the scenes and have like a little 
inner circle of um, creators like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think and this was just started. If anybody's listening and you like want to do this, um, this was just started by one person reaching out to a bunch of people in the community and saying, "Hey, I'm creating a community for like top creators in this niche. Like, do you want to join?" And we all just joined, and it was a fabulous, beautiful, amazing thing. So, goes back to just like shoot your shot constantly. Yeah, uh, uh, that's. I think I think that's like when I when I studied a little bit of a side note when I I like to study really like successful entrepreneurs or really rich people, um, and for the people that actually like you know that weren't born into wealth but actually created that wealth, a, a lot of their stories just came from them doing the most insane, like, it, it's not that insane but like it feels very scary right like they literally yeah. just shot their shot everywhere and they took risks and they went out to talk to people and. And it, it was just, it was way more action than thinking. Yes. Yeah. Every I, single time. Yep. And I always say like networking is so important. It's like in the business world, like I network a lot in real life and it's equally as important, but you can do the exact same thing online. And it is so wild to me how differently people are willing to treat you just because you've had a few conversations. Like once people get to know you, they're so much more willing to help you. And it's just life is all about who you know. So like constantly go and put yourself out there. Yeah. And and creating content sometimes if you're just in your room all day, like doing stuff, head down in the, you know, in the work, it can get kind of lonely. So having having camaraderie and, and something to, you know, like us talking like this, it it feels nice and it's fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I always love having conversations with other creators. It's just, it's so fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the last thing I actually want to talk about to to kind of close this, like wrap this up nicely with the, with the bow is to talk about like, how do you plan on making that transition? I have my thoughts on it, um, but then maybe I would like to hear what your thoughts are on how like you would personally transition to being full-time or um, how creators should think about doing that. Um, definitely. Um, so like I said, I'm kind of in a unique situation with my job. I feel like it's a little bit um, different than most people, but my, I definitely don't want to work there forever. <laughs> it's not something that I want to, you know, be like 50 years old and still running this co-working space. Um, so I, for me, I am lucky enough that I could potentially do a very slow transition um, I kind of already have. I used to be working there full time, like 40 hours a week. Now I have somebody that helps me like six hours a week so that I can stream during those off times. Um, so in my situation, I, I'm lucky that I would be able to do it sort of gradually that as I got busier with content, I could put more hours on somebody else and take them off myself. Um, but I would say definitely it's something if I was not in that position, I would first build up like maybe three months of savings um, before I decided to like quit my job. Um, however, I think that some people when they're really close to that apex of like being able to quit their job and they're just like right on the edge with content, sometimes just taking that next step and, and jumping in the pool and like quitting your job can help propel you to get there. Um, I think it kind of can be like a, a shakeup for some people. I don't know if that's always the smartest decision based on your circumstances, obviously. Um, like if you had children or something, you might be less likely to do that. But if you are a young adult that is doing really well with content, um, I think taking the the, the leap of faith um, can sort of like it's it's betting on yourself in a way, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I think that can be really helpful for some people. 
I'm a little bit more of a planner, a little bit more cautious in that sense, I would say. So I would like, do I have some savings built up? And am I really good to do this? Um, but I think for some people just kind of saying, I'm so close, I'm just going to take the plunge can be a really good motivator. Yeah, some people are very like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like a 50-50 type of person. I'm like either all in on this or all in on that. And I need like yeah. a fire lit under my butt um, yeah. in order to take action, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I, I think it's really important, like if you have a full time job and if you're if you're for some people, I've heard the reason why they decide to go full time with content creation is if their current like if they made enough money for like the first two months. Right. Um, Like like there's there's data to show that the money that they make in one month, one and month two um, are equal or or more to what they currently make full time that means it's like a secure thing for them to do. Uh, you know, I think one of the things you also have to consider is that where are those revenue sources coming from and are they stable, right? So you can have like, you know, say month one and month two, you're making um, more money each month than your full-time job. But then is that from something as volatile as Twitch subs? If it is, yeah. then like the next two months, it could just go down the drain and, you know, like something could happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's very scary to think about. So if you have more income um, streams and that are more stable or you have some kind of way to figure out how to like maintain that, if not grow it, um, I think that's a little bit of a safer bet. Right. And like yeah. like you said, having that three months of savings like helps out a lot, too. Yeah. Little things like that, if you're able to anyways. Um, yeah, I think it's really good not to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I read somewhere, like, I don't remember where that millionaires have seven streams of income. So I'm just like slowly trying to like, all right, I got Twitch, I got TikTok, I got Instagram, like how many other things can I come up with here that so that way, if like, all of a sudden, say my TikTok account got banned for some reason, it's not like I'm losing all of my source of income. Yeah, I mean, and that that's really true. You know, most of it, the, the sources of incomes, like I think three of them are basically investments. So like you would have real estate. Uh, you would have the stock market and then some other forms of investment, say like if they're investing in like a company crypto right? as, as like an angel something. investor. Oh yeah, crypto yeah. is now added. So maybe make that eight. So yeah. having those investments and then the other ones are like active income, whether they own like businesses that can like that has products or services they can sell, um, something like that. So yeah, if you as a creator, you know, having a product is good. Right. And I, I think in the beginning of your smaller creator, um, having that product, even if the margin is small, but growing the, the, the relationship with your current community, I think is still very valuable. Yeah. Um, if you have some kind of like other product for that's like very useful, for example, if you're a creator that um, it's just really nerdy about production tech. I know there are like video editors or photo editors that sell like presets, packs, LUTs um yeah stuff like that graphic assets Digital products are pretty a pretty good source of passive income mm -hmm. and that could be like creative from arts to like what you're saying something to do with production you could sell music samples um people who make sims for custom content sell that on their patreon so there's all kinds of ways to do like passive digital products yeah like if you're an artist too you know you could sell your art and whatnot um so that's one way. I think another stream of income that is like, you know, of course, like that's the platform income, right? From each platform. So you can 
um, think about that if you're like at if you're on multiple, you know, not putting your eggs all in one basket, right? And being in multiple areas. I think that's also super important too. Um, where else can where else can we go with that? I guess if you have like a fan house, like that's becoming a popular thing. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about I actually made one. I just have no idea what kind of content I would put on there. Hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the problem, right? Like having the platform as one thing, but figuring out like what is considered valuable enough to be put onto a paywalled platform. Yeah. Uh, something I feel to like think you about. would need something pretty interesting, like you know. <laughs> yeah. A reason people need a reason that they're paying money to like see that special thing. So I'm like, hmm. <laughs> um, we have brand deals, right? Yeah. So I think we just listed off like maybe five or six things. So there's a lot of options for you to to go. And I think it's just taking one step at a time, not overwhelming yep. yourself. Yeah. Um, also, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like watching the Olympics. You know how when you're like watching people figure skate and you're like, wow, that looks so easy. You're like, hey, I could do that. Like you think that in your head, you know, it just like they make it look effortless. I feel like content creators are kind of like that too. We just like you when you see like bigger creators, you're like, wow, they have a website and they have merch and they have all this stuff and they're just like pumping out content. But it's like you forget that they started with each of those like one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. With probably like six to eight months in between each of those things that they started. So it's a really good reminder. Just like take it day by day, pick one thing, wait until you have that, you know, rolling and it, you've got a good system and it's going easy and then start another thing. Mm hmm. I think and then when you want to switch over to a new thing, I think hiring, like we were talking about investing, I think investing in yourself and also investing in your company through hiring help is super mm -hmm. important too, because like you're like, I, I no company is a, that, I, I think the, the definition of a company within itself includes multiple people, right? Yeah. So yeah. you, you can't, you can't do this alone. It's like impossible unless you want to burn yourself out and be super unhappy, which like is kind of lower the value um or the quality of your content anyways right i think too if you are somebody that has like a large following even if it's just on one platform um like if you say you have like two hundred thousand on tiktok find a manager to do your sponsorship deals and your brand deals because yes they will take a cut but they're going to get you so much more work than if you were doing it yourself like, I think that's the smartest thing. If you have a big account and you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just like have this big account and I'm not m using it to monetize in any way. Hire a influencer management company because um, they'll get you brand deals. Oh, that's like, that's also a very good, um, good idea. Yeah. And, and like, if you're, you don't want to do it yourself, like pay them the cut. That's again, like time versus value. Like if it's hard for you or you can't figure it out, like it's okay to pay somebody else to handle that part of it for you. Mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more about like delegating work, I think uh, a book by Tim, Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It's basically that's, it's all about figuring out how to save you time. Um, and like, I think four hour work week, that, that, that phrase within itself is just an exaggeration, but you, you literally can like buy back your time in a very strategic way. So you can spend more of that time, like create like doing what you actually love doing right which is like creating interacting with your community um so yeah. once you get to a certain point you got to learn to to delegate yeah definitely can't do it all on yourself you'll definitely get burnt out at least i mean i'm currently doing everything myself so <laughs> i shouldn't say that but <laughs> once you get to a certain point for sure like you need it's no shame to hire assistance yeah 
or even software now, you know, like automate some things. Yeah, yeah. Make anything as automated as you possibly can, I think is a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. One, one thing is um, I actually, we, we pay for um, an AI, like an AI writer. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, I've heard and of those. So I would write very, because I'm not, I'm very, I'm better at editing work than I am with creating it on the go, right? So I would just like write, like just train the thoughts down throw it into the AI, it's going to spit something out. And I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Like this sounds a lot more coherent than what I could normally write. And I'm just going to wow. edit it because I know what my speaking patterns are like, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, this doesn't sound like me. This is a sentence that would sound more like me. And and then, so that saves me so much time. That's really awesome. Yeah. Utilizing tools like that. I also just heard of one that's called Descript where you can upload a video and it turns the whole thing, the text from it into a Word document. And if you just delete sentences from the Word document, it cuts it out of the video. You can like have it delete all the ums. Like you can, so if you're doing like long form video, like maybe if you're like editing your Twitch streams, you could go through and cut out like all the times where you thanked people for subs and stuff and thank people for follows just like super easily. Yeah. And then you could just control F, right? The the specific yeah. words. And so you don't even have to really look for it either. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's definitely all kinds of like cool softwares and technologies out there that can be helpful too. Dang. All right. Yeah. Well, we can. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, schedule your Instagram posts, please. Just get a scheduler. It will make your life so much easier. <laughs> just yeah. on the topic of automation, it's like you just sit down for an hour, you know, once every two weeks, and then your content is set, and you don't gotta touch it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we've been here. No, no, it's okay. I think that was a that was a very good thing to bring up. We've been here for yeah. about an hour now, so we're we're getting close to the end. Is there anything, any last minute things that you want to talk about? You want to discuss? I don't think so. I feel like we covered everything. Um, just if you're doing content creation, be kind to yourself and um, know that this is just like an up and down journey, and that's just how it is. Find some friends to commiserate with. <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. How about some shout outs then? Like, or, you know, you want to shout out your, um, your, your community, shout out yourself. Where can people find you? All of that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So, um, my name is Braylon. My username is fluffy monkey with three F's in the fluffy part. And I actually have the same handle on every social platform. So it's spelled a little funky, but if you see the three F's, that's me. Um, I actually want to give a quick little shout out to Nard Villain in the in the space today who's been listening through the whole thing. He is a really good friend of mine, also a content creator um, who's in that Sims group that I was talking about a few times throughout this. So just appreciate you. If you enjoy Sims, definitely go check him out. He does really great production quality videos. Um, I think you'd really love them, Peter. They're super Ooh, funny. So all right. Um, and then, yeah, I have a Discord community that is mainly neurodivergent women. Um, we allow anyone ages 15 and up. We have a lot of LGBTQ youth. So if that sounds like your thing, if you're really mental health focused, um, let me know. I can get you an invite to the Discord. Um, I post Sims 4 content as well as ADHD content on TikTok. Um, and then I do Twitch Tuesdays and Saturdays um, as well as I go live on TikTok an hour before that around 9 a.m. Pacific um, every Tuesday and Saturday. So I usually do a lot of just chatting and then occasionally we'll play Sims in there too, but I'm definitely a very chatty streamer. So, and I love making new friends. If anyone who's been listening um, follows, I'll make sure to follow you guys back. Um, I appreciate you for listening into our conversation today. Um, I feel like a lot of you know 
this space from Peter, who is amazing. And I'm super thankful to you for hosting this. This was oh, very fun. So thank you. thank you for giving me the opportunity to chat your ear off. I apologize. <laughs> and yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're very welcome. And no, thank you so much for for coming on as a guest. Uh, you know, I I know we always we always talked about like wanting to do a space together, and I'm glad that we finally got to do one. Yeah, same. It was so fun. Definitely want to do more in the future if you're down and with like more creators, so we can have more discussions around different topics. I think it, this is just unbelievable value to people who are listening who may not have like the insights because you know multiple brains working together is obviously better. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the things that has helped me the most is just listening to other creators' experiences.